Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Hey, happy Sunday morning. I want to speak directly to you all. After yesterday's news, um, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, you know, if this is the last time I'll play as a Cincinnati Red, I want to speak out loud my gratitude. I want to thank uh, the community. I want to thank uh, Cincinnati for being so welcome, welcoming. You know, I'm from Toronto, Canada. And when I came down to the U.S. as an 18-year-old, it was an inti- intimidating experience. And um, I grew comfortable um, and eventually made it to Cincinnati. And that was another an intimidating experience. But it blossomed into the best stretch of my entire life. And... It's because of the Cincinnati community that I felt welcomed. The people on the street that would say hello, that would wish me and our team well. The first responders in the community uh, that were always available and made me feel safe and cared for. Um... You know, 
coming from a big city, it was such an enjoyable experience living the daily routine in Cincinnati. The travel to and from, seeing familiar faces on the street, uh, driving through the cities. It's like, excuse me, driving through the city. It's like I never once got to know how Cincinnati's roads worked. No matter if I used the maps tool on my phone or my car, but it was such a charming experience. I laughed about it in, 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 in this summer, during the summer, how I still <laughs> didn't recognize uh, some of the roads. And I had been here for 17 seasons. Um, you know, I, I just want to say thank you to all the Reds fans in Cincinnati and elsewhere. You know, I couldn't have loved and experienced more. And I'm so proud to have been able to play for a team, the oldest major league team, um, to have played for a team that just was endless gifts coming my way. You know, I, I'm so humbled. I'm so grateful. And it couldn't have happened without all of you, without the Cincinnati community. Uh, you know, I'll always be a Cincinnati Red. The memories are endless. The growth as an individual, I'm so thankful. Um, but um, I just want to say thank you. And uh, I'll always, always have a great deal of, of, of love. And Cincinnati has, you know, such a special meaning to me. So thank you. And um, until next time. A ton of roster maneuvering on Saturday, right? Eduardo Rodriguez declines the option. He's a free agent. Tim Anderson, he doesn't get his option picked up. You could go down the list. There's a lot of things going on, and we're going to dig into it as the week progresses because free agency starts, GM meetings start, all of that. But the one move that I think should be highlighted in its own separate podcast, which is what we're going to do right now, is Joey Votto. The Reds deciding to move on from Joey Votto. And you just heard right there, Joey took to social media Sunday morning to get his feelings across about how he feels about living life right now outside the Reds organization for the first time since 2002. Yes, 2002. The 44th overall pick in that draft, 2002 draft, made his Major League debut in 2007. Obviously played last year for the Reds after coming back from injury, 65 games, and only hit 202 with a 747 OPS, but 14 home runs, 14 home runs in 65 games. So there's probably still some something there in the tank. But more importantly, Joey Votto is the guy that we, we talk to, that we enjoy, who epitomizes what we're, we're preaching from the mountaintops. Baseball isn't boring. We've done two separate podcasts with Joey Votto here since we started. The first one we're going to play for you is Joey and Garrett Whitlock of the Red Sox talking about a lot about chess, a little bit about the Hall of Fame, a little bit about baseball, but the dynamic of chess because Joey, obviously, 
he really entertained us throughout the last off season with these videos of him going and playing this chess club, so forth and so on. But it, it was, I think, okay, you know, we can talk about baseball, we can talk about injury, you can talk about comeback, any of that, but let's talk about chess and the dynamic of chess versus baseball, so forth and so on. And having Garrett Whitlock, a guy who loves chess, a guy who loves baseball, it was just a great, a memorable podcast for us. And then Later in the year, about halfway through the year, just before Joey came back from his injury, I caught up with him for about 10 minutes or so just to talk about baseball and the state of baseball. And it's, you know, when you talk to Joey, what I've learned, I don't know him. I didn't know him at all before that first podcast, but it's it's a wild ride. You know, this, this is what we love about it. We, we love athletes. We love interview subjects who aren't just going to give you the answer that you expect. And sometimes that makes it work for a little bit, but that's okay. So I just wanted to surface these two podcasts, these two conversations today on the day where, you know, we can reflect a little bit on what Joey Votto has done for the Reds since he, like we said, was drafted in 2002, entered in the major leagues in 2007. Just, it's, it's an homage, an homage to Votto. He might come back. Be with another team. Why not? Again, he still has something left in the tank. But as we sit here, it felt like a good time to give it a little tip of the chapeau. And we're going to do that with back-to-back conversation with Joey Votto. The first one, the aforementioned conversation with Garrett Whitlock, including Garrett Whitlock, talking a lot about chess and his Hall of Fame candidacy. And then the second one, a little bit shorter, me catching up with him during the season, talking about the great game of baseball. All right, here you go. An ode to Joey Votto. All right, we all. baseball baseball isn't boring in large part because of the guys who we're on right now. Joey Votto, Garrett Whitlock. Joey Votto, obviously, of the Reds. Garrett Whitlock of the Red Sox. Guys, thanks so much for joining. Thanks so much for, for basically making baseball not boring. Like you guys have gone a long way to making baseball not boring. Thank you for that. So, welcome. Joey, first, welcome. Imagine if, like, you you compliment us like that and we just sit here in silence. Wouldn't that be ironic? Well, you're, so, you're soaking it in. I can see you're soaking it in, right? We're saving our energy to make baseball not boring, but this podcast, exceptionally boring. <laughs> well, you know, baseball isn't boring, but podcasts, eh, sometimes. Uh, Garrett, how you doing, all right? I'm doing good. Yeah, I just didn't want to talk because, I mean, you got Joey Votto. Why, why would you want to hear me speak? I mean, you got a legend right there. Actually, well, I've got, you've got Magnus Carlson. Yeah, I love that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just want to, you know, you guys are, are excellent. Congratulations on being excellent in baseball. Congratulations. But also, you have distinguished yourself in various ways of being excellent at another important, important game, and that's the game of chess. And I just want to read—I just want to read something to you real quick. Oh, there you go. I want to read something to you really quick from the book "A Damn Near Perfect Game" by Rob Bradford and Joe Kelly. Okay, so it says, and this is Joe talking. If you're patient enough, you can see that baseball is a combination of chess, ballet, a classroom, and cannon fire. Would you agree with that? Joey first. You could say that combination is – you could say that about a lot of things in life. That, <laughs> that combination. 
<laughs> you could say podcasting is that combination. I mean, wow, what an eclectic uh, group well, of uh, well, activities. Well, the, activities. the idea, Joey, the idea is, I guess, in simplistic form, and this is why we're going to get into chess, because I do find the correlation is fascinating, is that we have to take a step back. We have to wait it out. We have to take two seconds to understand the strategy. And then with baseball, it's boom, there's a home run. Boom, there's a strikeout. That's what's great. And I don't know in chess if there's that sort of moment where you 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 tip the you you tip your 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 king or whatever it is. So I don't know. But you know what I'm saying, Joey? You know what I'm saying? I, just play along with me a little bit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, let's tip in my king is what I hate to do. Um <laughs> I um so, so baseball can be, I think, for a lot of guys in the in the in the league, baseball isn't like chess. It's very, very much like checkers. It's very simple, um, and it's almost best for them if it's simple. And I, I think at times, I, I, I think at times, I, I can speak for myself. I love when baseball is simple, like checkers. Um. We as athletes try to create like uh, try to create habits that we can apply in real time in competition, almost like um, almost like an on-off switch. I make this move, you know, when when I'm presenting this switch situation, or I, and I do nothing uh, in this situation. So to me, um, to me, I don't liken being an actual athlete like chess. And I think the best guys in our sport treat it a lot more like checkers. But as far really? as a fan or a manager or somebody backing up, of course it's complicated. Of course there's nuance to it. And of, there are mind games and, 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 some, and some, uh, some, some similarities to chess. But I think the very best in our sport don't, don't make it like chess. And I think the best in chess don't make it like chess. Very simple patterns. Uh, it's just natural movement in real time. It's not complicated. Pieces belong in a certain place. Um, that's just my opinion. Well, it's it's a good way to look at it because I look at, you know, it's like a quarterback in football they talk when the game slows down. When the game slows down, like Garrett, like when you came up as a rookie, the game probably slowed down at some point. Same thing, Joey, when you came up. And, and I would imagine when you're in front of a chessboard, to your point, Joey, that the game there as the more you play, the game slows down. Like you don't get caught up in who's across from you. You just get caught. You just so okay. I much like a baseball player handling a pitcher. You know, I'm not going to chase the high fastball 50 times like I did when I was a rookie because the game is slowed down. Is this a terrible analogy, Garrett? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can. I can understand what you're saying. Um, I can really appreciate what Joey's saying. Though also, just like. You know, just the best in the game make it look, you know, so daggum easy. And it is just so easy for them. You know, I can't speak to that because, like, for me, like, I like it's extremely hard for me. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I can definitely understand that analogy. And, uh, you know, at some point, you just kind of have to slow down, take a breath, and, and do, the, uh, do the basics of things to just say, you know what, at the end of the day, it's not about who I'm facing. It's not about, you know, what, what's going on around me. It's about how well can I execute whatever is going on right now. And, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, kind of what it comes down to. 
I think that's what I was. I think that's what I was alluding to, Garrett, with um, it it being simple. Now, the best in the game, more complicated. Using again the chess analogy, I didn't realize I was signing up for a chess discussion here. But sorry, I apologize. (laughs) Complicated sort of positions. They'll say the very best are able to simplify those and see where the pieces need to go. And I think very complicated positions, you know, uh, when Verlander's pitching, when Trout's hitting, things are so much more simple. Um, Everything's an option. And I think all of us can make things simple inside of our strengths, I think. You know, maybe not everything's an option, uh, and we're, but we do figure out a way to keep it simple and still be, uh, just be the best version of ourselves. Well, I, first of all, I apologize if you don't want to talk about chess. <laughs> so, I think I it's just, great enough. I don't know. I, I, I'm not good at all. I just have fun with it. And it's a nice diversion for me. And it's very social. And I post on Instagram because I like being lighthearted on there and I like to connect with people and I like to have something away from baseball and I'm not flashy and I'm not going to show off, but I think it's something, a a way that I can customize my social experience with chess. I've got a lot more to my life than just chess, but I just don't like sharing it because I don't want to be disrespectful and I I like to have a, a, a sense of privacy, but chess is an option my career is an option to be shared so that's my avenue to be social which which um again i'm I, this is great talking chess on a podcast especially with garrett it's great it's great chatting with you also too so well i'm not garrett, sure talk, talk to garrett talk a little bit about if you can um because because joey you know i've covered garrett with the red sox for a couple of years now and and you Garrett didn't get into correct me if I'm wrong, Garrett, but you really didn't get into it till Ottavino sort of was doing it in the clubhouse. But then you latched on to it. And you also please tell the Cora story when Alex Cora is walking by. Please tell that, because I'm not going to do it justice. So after you tell the Alex Cora story about playing chess, talk about like how you got into it. And and I don't know, and, and Joey, maybe after hearing it, if 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 it's gonna hit home for you or not, because at some point you have to get into the game, right? So, Garrett, first of all, the core story. <laughs> all right. So, the story with AC is me and Otto are playing chess in our locker during a rain delay. And we're just obviously just in the middle of a chess game. And AC walks in to kind of give us an update on, you know, what's going on, when, when the start time's possibly going to be, everything like that. And he walks up to me and Otto and he looks at the board and he's just looking at it and talks to us for a couple of seconds about what's going on. And then, you know, Otto looks at him and is just like, so AC, like, do you do you play chess at all? Like, do you enjoy the game? And AC kind of took a second and looked at us. He goes, every time I cross the line and I give the lineup card, I'm playing chess every night. <laughs> so we are like, it's all a, right. It's, a, it's okay. a good line. It's a good line. But you you ended up playing yeah. with, like, Ottavino, and then you ended up having a board mate. Your wife, I think, made a board for you and all of that. I mean, did, did you have – Joey, you're nodding your head. Like, how many – did someone make oh, a board a, for you? That's a really lovely gift. That's a really nice gift. Yeah. But, but Garrett, yeah, you got, I love it. that's I mean, when you knew that you were sort of, you know, head first in it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, 
Otto really kind of got me into it uh, just because he was asking if anyone on the team knew how to play. I knew how to play, knew where all the pieces moved, but I definitely didn't have any strategy or anything like that. And, you know, come to find out Otto's studying chess theory and everything like that. And so I'm, I'm just blown away by that. But, uh, you know, it, it was, it was cool. I mean, he whooped me so bad that I was just like, all right, well, you know, I'm a very competitive guy. I wasn't gonna let that happen again. So I just went and started studying on my own and, uh, started getting better with that. And, um, but no, I, I just, uh, really just came to appreciate, I mean, like Joey said, you know, it's something that takes your mind off of baseball and that, you know, it still gives you that intellectual, um, you know, just that intellectual enjoyment, but without having it to be solely about baseball or anything else. And so, you know, it's just kind of a good way to kind of take a step away, but also, um, you know, enjoy the competitive spirit and also the intellectual aspect of it as well. How do you get into it, Joey? Joey, how did, how did you get into it? Sorry. Uh, I remember playing a buddy of mine similar to Garrett's experience where I got waxed and then uh, started playing a bit. This was like two-ish years ago during the pause in the season in March of 2020. I started playing a bit. And I remember getting like playing and using some of the chess.com lessons and like losing a match and like yelling afterwards, like, ah! and right then and there, I was like, you got two choices, buddy. You can either calm down and keep playing or you're not allowed to play anymore sort of thing. But right. I, I knew that I was, I was hooked because I was emotionally tied to it. So I don't get that way with almost anything. I'm that way with baseball. I react when I, when I perform poorly but I don't feel like I do that almost – I a long time ago, I went on a date with a woman, and we were playing Papa Shot. And I lost to her, and she goes, she goes, what's up? What Are you going to try? And I go, what do you mean? We're having fun. And she goes, aren't you going to compete? Aren't you angry? And I go, no, I compete for a living. What are you talking about? And she like – left right then and there. And I was like, I, I just rarely get upset about ping pong or any sort of competition like that. But for some reason, um, baseball does it for me because I care. And I'm finding now chess does it for me. Like last night I went, I had a chess match and I couldn't solve uh, a, a, like a pawn chain coming down. And I lost... And he offered me a draw and uh, I lost because I, I passed on the draw because I thought I was up a rook and I, th but he was up four pawns and I was like, I got to figure out how to problem solve this. Like if I have to sack something to like, but I have to figure out how to get this checkmate and I lost. And, um, but that really bothered me, like legitimately bothered me so much so that I had to like make an Instagram story about how sad I am losing that match. Anyways. It's it's funny because as you say that, Joey, Gar is like geeking out. Like he's like, Oh, I know. I know. It doesn't that suck when you have the yeah, pawns pawns lined up and you give the like <laughs> pass pawns will piss you off more than a pass ball, I promise you that much. Yeah. <laughs> well that's what I, Joey, that's what I wanted to ask about. So you're on that ride home. And and you kind of led right into it. 
where, yeah, you, you know, you're in baseball, you get pissed off when you lose a game and you have that ride home. Are you at the point now with that ride home on the subway? By the way, excellent job of utilizing public transportation. Um, that ride home on the subway feels sort of the same. No, it's nothing like no. <laughs> baseball's been my life. This is more this is more like uh you know, I kick some litter sort of thing, upset as opposed to baseball, you know, time in the mirror questioning, you know, whether or not you're 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 getting the most out of yourself sort of thing. So it's uh, it's it's apples and and oranges, but I do enjoy it and most importantly you know, I mentioned this. I posted something on Instagram today. I don't mean to keep bringing it up. Oh, it's good. But um, but I, 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 the season ends, and if you make the playoffs, great. It's an even higher high. But the season ends, and we usually transition to our own respective communities. And I think players will find because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good bit older than. A lot of my teammates, players will find as they get older, people will have families, leave your city, get married, transition their life in some way. And the old community that you used to have, you're very lucky if you get to keep it. Your friends, your family, the things you're used to. And you leave for eight, nine months. And so I, I've struggled at times during my career to have a community that feels like baseball a little bit, where I get to be myself, quiet to myself, think about something, work on something, but still be social, be in a group. And I found that, that, I found that chess has given me that while also resting myself because we have got training responsibilities and, you know, preparation for the, for the upcoming seasons that we're partaking in. So in my experience, I've struggled with that, and this has been a real gift, a real gift to me. To Like, after this, Garrett and I are going to swap uh, 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 profiles, and we're going to play against each other. And that's this – this is a – but I would never – I would never work baseball with him. Like, maybe if we're in the same community, same city, or he's in my city or whatever, we would, you know, work together. But, like, this is a much more – uh, transitory bridge that he and I can can share. So, and you can do that I, with you playing chess. You can do that with so many people. That makes me feel good. Number one, um, that I'm able to sort of, you know, have this. You guys are both great guys. You guys are, and I've I've known Garrett a little. I, I just met you, Joey, but I love listening to you. I always love listening to you. And and this is what you're bringing up hits home in a lot of ways. One of the ways is like you said about that community, that chess community. And you walk into a clubhouse, and I said this about covering baseball, that you can't treat everybody like they grew up in Essex, Massachusetts, where I grew up. Everybody comes from a different place, and everybody has a different personality. So in this chess community that you're going to, what is it, every Monday nights? Is that right? Yeah, I go to a club on Monday nights. Yeah. Yes, are there personalities there? Like, are there – much like a clubhouse, like have you get to know people and like, oh yeah, that guy's a little crazy or that guy's a lot of fun or that guy's this personality. Have you, when you have that community, are now the personality is coming out where you have this these group of people who you look forward to seeing in, in different ways? 
I'm sure in time, but I, I, I've only made a, a, I only have so many, um, opportunities to, 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 um, you know, attend, attend the tournaments at the club, but, you know, I, I maybe in time I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out, but, you know, here in the not too distant future, we're going to spring training and I'm going to spend a stretch of time with my teammates and get to know them. So, Yeah. Garrett, is what what Joey's saying hit home for you? I mean, you've only been in the league uh, three years, but you know, I would imagine a lot of that, you know, is like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, so I'm from a, a smaller town, and so you know, when I leave for, I mean, the eight or nine months, you know, I'm leaving my childhood friends, and you know, they they understand the life to some point, but there's just some degree that they'll never be able to relate to, just from you know, never being in, in one place and living out of a suitcase and everything like that. And so, you know, it's definitely something that you, you have a bond with these people in, in the clubhouse just because you share the, you share life together, you share the same experiences together. And so, I mean, that, that completely hits home that, you know, it's just a community. All right. So Joey, in, in your, in your chess playing ability right now, correlate where it would be in terms of where your baseball career was, like, where are you at? It can be rookie ball. It can be triple A. It can be third year in the majors. Where are you at? Um, so right before, when I was uh, 16, I played on a travel ball team. And we played like 70 games. Probably the like house league slash rep team I played before that, I'd say that's about where I'm at. I'm, I'm getting to know the game, um, but I'm not. I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I lack, uh, usable skill. So I'm, <laughs> what's your I'm nowhere near what, what are you good at? What's, what's your, what's your strength? Getting the pieces out. I can get the pieces out. You have to, you have to activate your pieces. So I'm okay with at that, but that can cause problems too. How about you, Garrett? Garrett, how about you? What's your strength? Uh, I mean, I have to agree. Like I've studied a lot of the a lot of the openings and everything, but middle game is where I, I tend to struggle. Uh, I'm, I'm starting. I'm trying to learn a little bit of the theory and like the uh, the different uh, pathways that you can go after your openings, and you know whether you're doing a defense or an actual opening from you know the white pieces. But um, yeah, I mean, I've I've got to say I'm very very early on trying to. Trying to get to Ottavino's uh, status level, that's for sure. Now, Joey, like, I want you to play Ottavino. Like, I, like he keeps bringing up Ottavino. I want you to play him. Let's, let's go. Uh, who? Yeah, maybe, maybe one day. He's, he's, I, I, but I've, I've played him plenty with his arm, and he's a handful there, too. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's geek it out. Okay, what's the open? What's the go-to open? If you guys are going to, like, have this verbal sort of chess match right now, you have the pieces set up. Joey, you got the first move. What are you going with? And Garrett, how are you going to defend it? Oh, this is – I mean, this is – this is quite on the spot. I mean, I, would, I usually – if I'm playing white, I go E4. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so if I'm black, I either set up a Karakon defense or I do kind of like a peer, like appearance defense. So I just kind of like – I don't really go for anything particular depending on what they're playing. I typically just kind of go with my strength. 
Um, but if I'm if, if I'm going white, I, I typically try and run the London system. So, Joey, I hope you I'm know terrible at like. <laughs> you know what? I, I the one thing that I've noticed that that is has been a really fun experience going to these chess tournaments is like you have to do a notation and you have to learn the skill of notation because you have to hand in your paperwork at the end of every match. So I've had to learn how to take notes. And what I found is the, the you know, a, lo- a lot of people have watched the Queen's Gambit, so they get what I'm about to describe, but learning the notation actually helps you visualize better in my opinion, because, um, you start to get familiar, familiarize yourself with the board. You have to think, was that D or was that E sort of thing? And you can check the board, but sometimes the board doesn't actually have it. And then you have to like, uh, uh, um, what's the word? You have to um, just just get more get more ac- uh, more comfortable with with the with the uh, the, the board's coordinates. So I've, I've really enjoyed doing the notation and, uh, it's something I plan on practicing. Garrett, do you do it? I don't. So I'm terrible with that. Like, I mean, it, it, with, after the matches in chess.com, I'll go back and look at like the self analysis. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so I'll, I'll look over that, but I've never actually sat down and done my self notations. I started doing when I, when I realized I, I had to do them at the tournaments and I want to get them correct. I started doing notation with my matches on chess.com. So like I found that that helped teach me pretty quickly because there's some, some moments where you're, you've got two nights in one place in in roughly the same place. And you know, you like yesterday, for example, I have a, a, a buddy of mine who's a grandmaster who showed up to lend support at the, at the tournament. And uh, he just coming by, and wanted to see how I was doing. And, um, he, he described like, if, if your partner, for example, wants you to write notation in a specific way, you have to coordinate those two. And I didn't know that. So I'm just always learning as I go. And, um, I find it again, challenging me from, from the visualization side. So, but, um, I don't think it's much different from hitting, in terms of like, if I, if I know your repertoire, I can visualize, um, I can visualize, uh, what it's going to look like roughly. So. Yeah. Well, do you think, let me ask you the last, and, and Joe, I do want to ask you one quick question. I know you got to get going, but about the hall of fame, but last quick question for each of you and start with Joey. Like you said, you said that you correlated it with hitting. Do you think in any way like this, the concentration of this, the, the exercise of chess ha- will help you in, I mean, even in a, in a 5% way when it comes to playing baseball this year? No. Okay. Fair. <laughs> All right. No. Fair enough. No. I bet you my, like, uh, turkey sandwich will help me more than chess this year. And if anything helps me 5%, then, Wow. Sign me up, sort of thing, within the rules, right? Well, it'll, it'll help you pass the time, Garrett. Now, don't don't be swayed by his answer. For you, has it helped you at all? 
I have to agree. It doesn't really help, but I mean, kind of what we said earlier, it, it takes the brain away from having to constantly think about baseball. And it's just a nice kind of, you know, it, it still stimulates the intellectual, you know, being of you, but it, it doesn't like, there's nothing really that physically correlates with like, you know, me learning chess theory is not going to help me throw my sinker any better. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. You've got this telephone with you all the time and the choice is not picking it up, just leaving with you or excuse me, leaving it on your uh, elsewhere on your person, whatever. Um, or if you do opt to pick it up, what applications are you going to use? And a lot of the applications we opt into can add stress, uh, Instagram, Twitter, any sort of social media. Okay, remove those. YouTube, uh, maybe there's Red Sox stuff. Maybe there's Red stuff. Maybe you go on Spotify and you happen to cross paths with your podcast and you're crushing both of us. So we don't want to deal with that before the game. We want to just take our mind off of everything associated with other people's opinions on us or the pressure. Cause there's just by being aware of what we do adds pressure. The more we can remove the more, we can remove everything, but the game, I think the more that serves us in terms of reducing our stress level, lowering the pressure uh, we feel and just being able to compete. And so with that being said, I opt into my chess app because I feel like it takes my mind off of off of things. It's sedentary, so I don't have to move too much. It's not too loud. It's not the only thing that I struggle with when it comes to it is like the tilt of my neck. My neck can get tight if I don't. So I try to like sit in such a way where I've got good posture, but then you have to hold your arms up and that fatigues your arms and your hands. So it's like I'm trying to figure out a way to 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 I actually have one of these things right here. It's a DGT Centaur. It's a computer uh, board game that plays against you. Um, and um, I find I don't have to like crouch over too much and I don't, there's not too much holding with my hand. So uh, these are all variables that I think about before a game because we play every day. So, it's, oh my, it's good stuff. I, man. I this conversation right now. This is wild. Garrett, go ahead. What were you saying? Sorry, no, I mean, that sums it up perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it's that's exactly it. You've got all these distractions that you can either opt to look at and opt to put in your brain, and that's you know going to take you away from what you're thinking about when you're actually at work, or you can you know dive into something that you know is you know stimulating your brain, but also giving it a chance to rest and, and think about something else. All right. Well, I know you're going to get going, Joey, but it's, today's Hall of Fame day. And um, I will vote for you for the Hall of Fame whenever that time comes. When this day comes around, you know, this is a cliche question, but it's a question. You know, do you do you think about the Hall of Fame? Is this like, are you one of these guys who thinks about it? Or you'll say, I'll cross that path when I get to it. It's similar to what I was describing with, with, with the apps, the distraction, the stress, the pressure. I, I, I'm in a place where I still have the opportunity to compete. I love my craft. I love the challenge. I have the good fortune of competing at the highest level, something I've wanted to do from when I was a little boy. I get the, I have the opportunity to support my communities. I get as a public figure um, to be able to 
support them in, in, in my own way that excites kids when I interact or helps people. Um, so I have so many things that I'm grateful for and so many reasons not to even think about anything beyond today. Um, I want to play well. I think everybody that puts a uniform on, whether they want to put the effort in or they don't, I think they're signing up to play well. They want to succeed. They want to take from someone else. They want to take from their competition. I still crave that. And I'm not down the road yet. I can only focus on this right right here, right now, on today. And so, you know, if I if I make the mistake of getting too far ahead of myself and thinking about the Hall of Fame, shame on me. Shame on it. You know, it's, it's, and who says life would be better if that happens? You know, what, in what way would that, would my life be better if that happens? It would be a tremendous honor, of course, but my life is better by taking care of right here, right now. And if I, I, every time I've gotten ahead of myself in any way, I, it's, it's, it's always, I've always been punished for it. So try to uh, stay present. And that's not even this season. That's this, how do I get myself prepared for, you know, day by day? So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, my life has been better the last half hour. I appreciate it. I really do. I hope you enjoy it. It's like an hour. It's just, it feels like it's a 90 plus 10, 90 plus 30 time control. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Listen, a lot of baseball isn't boring gear is coming your way because you guys have earned it. So I, I appreciate you, you you talking again going a little outside the uh, the boundaries of, of baseball to talk about something that I find fascinating. You and you guys have made it even more fascinating as you always do with everything. So thanks guys, I appreciate it. Nice meeting you, Garrett. Awesome, that was fun. Thank you. Pleasure for me, you Joey, and thanks for having us on our hub. So, first of all, we just want to thank you. So, the, the re- reception that we had when you came on the podcast before was off the charts because it's the only podcast we had half an hour straight of talking to chess. <laughs> so, um, the first question is, is so, since we talked about that, since you went through that, uh, the off-season of chess, has it, how has that translated to this season? Just playing it and have you been able to continue that passion of it? And Not that we're going to talk about chess here. I'm just curious. Yeah, I dabble. Of course, I, I still play, but you know, I haven't played any games yet this year. I'm still rehabbing, so that's priority number one, yeah. A, B, and C. So the question I have is really, we talk about baseball not being boring and being fun. And I asked this. Uh, Who says it's boring? Nobody. Okay, perfect. But that's the question. So I don't know if I had asked you on the previous podcast because we asked. Why are we positing questions that nobody asks? Well, the football fans ask. The basketball fans. Yeah. And if if you go out and look at Justin Turner, the shirt he's wearing right now, it says baseball isn't boring. Is that your shirt? Yeah. Well, he's just helping you. I think he's spreading the message. There's no message. I mean, he can, yeah. If he feels like, if he feels like that shirt is necessary, then I certainly respect that. But I, I hear from so many people that... Not only are they fans of the sport, but they, they crave the sport. They're passionate about it. They think it's such an enjoyable, interesting, consistently surprising sport. And, you know, my favorite sports, basketball, uh, the UFC, those are two the two sports that I absolutely love. But the, the more time I spend with the sport and the 
more I travel and see different fan bases and interact with fan bases, the more I'm convinced that we have a special sport here. We have a special sport. I went to the Celtics Game 7 last night. It's indoors. It's a very standard uh, stadium, beautiful stadium. But it's, you know, it's, 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 there's no, um, there's, there's no... In- Panache. No, 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 I'll, oh. put, I'll, I'll use my words. Okay. Uh, there's no um, distinct footprints a la Fenway, a Wrigley, a Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, so, so for me, um, that is something that baseball has that's, that's distinct from the other sports. The weather is sunny, it's blue sky, it's green grass. We, we have that, you know, here, uh, the elements really do matter in our sport in terms of enjoyment. I'm not saying that football, fall, beautiful fall games, um, are not appealing, and they certainly are, but there's, most of our sport in, is in, in, in the spring and summer, uh, uh, the friendly spring and summer months. So usually those are factors. No, well, usually we ask... It's a party. A baseball game could be a real, genuine party. You've covered a lot. So usually I have to ask the question. Like, I've asked everybody who comes on, why is the baseball board? But you summarized about ten people to answer all in one. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, you get to watch Shohei Otani play every day. Mark, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge. Uh, you get to watch... You know, uh, a a my teammate Mac McLean, who's five foot nine, uh, play alongside uh, you know Will Benson, who was supposed to go to Duke at six foot five. You know, it's and they have that in other sports. I don't deny that, but I just I just I feel like we've got really good athletes here that are performing. Uh, a skill sport, which is kind of cool. You know, it's a, you have to be, you have to hone a skill. You have to hone a very specific skill, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter. And but then they back it up with tremendous athleticism, which is a real joy to, to I think, for the average fan. And it covers both. You know, you have the fans that want to see athleticism, and then you have fans that want to see a craft. So I, I, I love that about our sport. Is it the best game to watch as well? I can't. I, that's subjective, obviously. But uh, well, you went to the so you went to the Celtics game. Yeah, right? it was tremendous. Yeah. I, I had a fantastic time. You know, my, again, my favorite sport is the UFC. I do like. I, I love basketball, and those are great sports to watch live. Television at home. Uh, our sport. Uh, our sport certainly rivals them. I mean, they're, they're, there's a lot of special things about our sport, so I, I, I'm biased in that way. So I've said this, and Rob Manfred said this as well, and I agreed with him on it, which is it's the best game to watch because it's you can talk about it as it happens, and then the action happens. Um, whereas, you know, basketball is boom, boom. And I'm not saying, you know, there's, there's merits to everything, right? But baseball is so unique in that way where there's, there's just enough pausing and then there's, boom, the cannon fire. Am I wrong? I feel, I, I, every time I ask you a question, I feel like I'm wrong. No, no, there's a really... I, I, again, I don't spend a lot of time in the, in the stands, but I think there is a, a casual rhythm inter, interwoven with, with maximum intensity. You know, you're having, uh, you're having some popcorn, you're fooling around your phone, you're talking to the next person about a particular player, a particular team, or even personal lifestyle. 
stuff or what have you, you know, just just banter in general. And then all of a sudden there's a ball in the corner and you've got to watch a player go, you get to watch a player go, uh, attempt to beat out a, a triple. And there's a bang-bang play. And they're screaming, they're safe after an, a, a questionable out call. There's a replay. It's like, to me... Um, to me, uh, baseball stays stays has a, again a nice rhythm because you you have to watch the game. So I agree with. So do you think that baseball players and Major League Baseball players in particular understand what you're talking about? Do you think they 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 are embracing? That baseball is awesome. That it is fun as much as they they should. Most most baseball people love the sport. Yeah, like love the sport. I, I can't tell you how many players I've asked. That just rare is the player that is not fond of baseball. Rare is the staff member, the front office member, the owner, the you know the clubhouse staff. There, yeah. almost everybody I ask that's involved with baseball mm. loves baseball. Mm. And. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's certainly a, a, you know, a, a, it's a captivating sport. Do they? But do they show it? Do they? Are they? It's one thing to love it, and like you, obviously, you show it. You can. I don't show it, do I? I feel. I mean, I mean, no, I don't feel like I show it. Why? Do you think you can show it more? Or, I mean, I'm focus on work. But it's work. But it's it's it's. It looks like you when you can enjoy going to work. It's like it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you're showing it. Um, does it feel like work for you? Yeah. It does. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's challenging. It requires... I have to perform. I can't just come out here and have a good time. I have to come out and uh, perform and, and meet expectations of my own expectations and fan base, office, my manager, uh, my teammates. So, of course, that's work. You know, it's... Uh, and it's... I don't want to say it's work. It's more of a... A calling, a craft. Uh, I want to be the best at my craft, and so maybe work not, may not be appropriate. But I'm not out here having a great time. I'm 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 focused. I'm, I'm at my maximum focus, attempting to play at my maximum. So I don't know how you describe what word. So it does seem like you you have like to have fun, like you in life, right? I mean, and not like forced fun, but just fun in life. I, I don't know. If, talking about this stuff it's fun for you like I have fun talking to you about it like or going out and, and playing chess or going out and doing things like but it does seem like you like to have fun in life right am I wrong uh, I don't know how to answer that question but I will say that uh, I like to do my job well I'm having fun when we're winning a and when I'm performing well. Performing well. Yeah. Okay. Those 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 are the two necessities for me to have fun in this game. So to come back to the major leaguers, like we talk about, and in, in the the surface level part of this is bat flips and celebrations and everything else. Do you feel like that players are more res- more open to showing their, I guess, personality than ever before? I I, I felt like. Uh, you know, because there's um, new celebrations doesn't mean that uh, players' personalities weren't shown before. I just think they were shown in different ways. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. 
Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.